And this is Two Queers on a Pod. I am Malik. And I'm Ren, and we're two best friends bickering and talking about LGBT culture. Yes, so it's been a while. Well, like, Does that look bent? No, you look bent. <laughs> I hate that. That's it. That used to be a gay slur, so I'll take it. Oh, okay. Because it's straight and bent. Okay. Thanks for... <laughs> I was explaining. You didn't seem to know. Okay. Yeah, anyway, so it's been a while... We've been doing some shit. We went back home. Home is um, the Bay Area of San Francisco. If you guys don't know, we live in Seattle. Yeah, what did we do during that time? It was three weeks, which was the choice we made and regretted almost immediately. Guys, don't go home for three weeks. Why would you do that? There's nothing over there. Well, um, there's stuff over there. But... Not good stuff. Anyway... We spent the three weeks, and we were annoyed with our parents by, like, day five, because that's what happens when you stay in someone's house for three weeks <laughs> that's not yours. We took that 13-hour drive, which was not nearly as bad as that overnight trip that we told y'all about last time, so. Okay. Um, yeah, so when I got back, me and my mom actually went over to New York, which I've been going to quite a bit lately. Yeah, the last couple times that I've been to New York, I haven't been able to explore the city as much as I wanted to. The first time I went, I went for like a family reunion, and oh, was this the second time? This was the second time. <laughs> well, regardless, I've never been able to actually explore around. And it was just fun to just navigate and hang out and just stumble upon shit which is what I always do in any big city. We went to a couple shows, so we went to go see Chicago, and that was really nice. Then I went to Lion King, and that was a really cool fucking show. It sounds really cool. It was really amazing. Like, one of the best shows I've ever been to. The color schemes for every scene is so well done. It's so gorgeous. The um, art pieces, the masks, everything is just so well done. And... They had babies when it was like Simba, not actual babies, but like six, seven-year-olds like playing the parts. Oh, cute. And that was cute. Um, overall, just really well done. You would think that it was mostly kids, but I mean, not mostly, but it was mo- it was going to be a show for kids, but it was like mainly adults that went. <laughs> oh, I wouldn't have thought that was going to be a kid's show. It's Lion King. I know, but Broadway. Who brings their child to Broadway? That seems like a lot. Well, actually, a lot of people did. Really? Yeah. I'm not going to waste a ticket on a child. They the have to be at least 12. The only way that you're going to do it is bringing your kid. What? The only way that I'm going to do what? You just wouldn't bring your kids to a show? No, not ever. if they were like under the age of 10. Not to a Broadway show. Because that's expensive. I'm not going to bring them to an expensive-ass thing that they're not going to pay attention during and they're going to ruin my experience of. <laughs> They're going to be over there wailing, asking for snacks, all kinds of nonsense, bothering everyone around them, and everyone's going to hate me because my kid can't chill. Or get so a babysitter. What's, what's the difference between you being there? <laughs> you want to fight. <laughs> no. No, but that show is like, if you guys have the means to go, you need to go. Especially because it's nice. Um, it's like a nostalgic sort of thing, obviously, for people who grew up with it when they were kids, so millennials. Um, it's just like a really nice show. And then that the one, the live action with Beyonce is coming out soon. True. So it's just a nice, like, ra- well-rounded way 
to just go about like experiencing the Lion King again. There's another one I won't be seeing in theaters. What? The Lion King live action. Oh, why? Because of children. I'll get annoyed, <laughs> and I won't want to be a part of it. Well, you, you can go by yourself. I don't like kids either, and I don't want them to be there, but you can't prevent them from being there. Though, well, yeah, that was my point. That's why I was just not going to see it there. But that theater that's near my house, the little indie theater, they never have kids there because <laughs> it's only old people that go there and me. So. <laughs> well, you're one of them. Got them. Or maybe I can see it in theaters there. Fair. I recommend those shows. Lion King, best one. <laughs> Also, another, so there are obviously a ton of museums in New York. One that isn't, one that isn't well known or really talked about is the Tenement Museum. And -hmm. it's basically about specifically like the Europeans that came over in the, what, early 1900s, 1900s, late late 1800s. Okay, thank you. You were passing, I was helping. And just, like, their living conditions, because it was rough. They lived in the, like, shacks and shit. In this tenement house, you actually get to explore around in one of the living spaces, or a few of them. Um, And this museum has, I think, around 10 to 15 different tours. Each one interactive, walking through everything, exploring the neighborhood. And it was just really insightful and interesting, even, like, down to, like, looking at how the houses were created, what material was used compared to, like, the other people that lived in the city. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that time period is just fascinating in general, in yeah. my opinion. I used to be really obsessed with it because I was obsessed with the Newsies, so I did a lot of research mm-hmm. on, like, that general time period. And because I'm a fucking nerd, so I was always on fan fiction writing Newsies fan fiction, I wanted it to be accurate. That's a lot. That's <laughs> And it's super interesting. Yeah. So, I would be into that. Yeah, it was interesting. I mean, we were they were talking about, or we were talking about, because it's more like a discussion. Like, it's not like they're just throwing information at you and you're like, okay, cool. They ask you questions about it. You know, what do you want to know? Um, they kind of, like, tailor it to what the whole group wants to learn about, which is really nice. I like that, but I also don't, because what if you don't want to say anything and then it becomes a whole thing? I don't know what to tell you. Right. There are like 10 people. It's not like everyone's going to not say anything. Well, yeah, just no, I just there. meant like there are some people that are want to come and then they're not going to get to know the information that they wanted. It sounds like it sucks. Yeah. You should probably put some effort into That's your not own necessarily experience. an effort thing. That could be an anxiety thing. I mean, it could be, but I also think it's you should just ask a question if you want, although it is nerve wracking. If you're able to. Agreed. They should have, like, a little... That you don't want to say anything? No, no. (laughs) I was going to say, like, a little box beforehand. Like, maybe they could let you write down some of your questions in advance. I mean, fair. That would be cute. Yeah, I think that... That would also be a good way to, like, when it first starts, be like, so what are some things you want to know about this time period? And then have it people could have it figured out. That's a good idea. I'm into it. I'm into it. Ugh. Tell me about the sex museum. I like that. No. I'm not done with the tenement museum. Oh. I just think that, like, of (laughs) all of the things that we learned about, everything's super interesting, like I said, but that time period where people, like, it was, like, manifest destiny, that type of bullshit, Mm -hmm. where it's like, okay, all of these people are going to come over to the U.S., and you had no way of communicating with your family in your home country. 
So you're leaving with the expectation that you're never going to see your mom again, your yeah. dad again, your sisters, like, ever. A time period before now is horrifying to me for that reason. Like, it's so difficult yeah. to get in contact with anyone. Like, we're super lucky as a generation, and, like, the last few generations, to be able to, like, now we can even... Oh. <laughs> Even, okay? yeah, even like 20 years ago, it would have taken weeks to get in contact with somebody that was like overseas. Yeah. And I mean, they talked about, they did have mail at that time, but obviously it wasn't well regulated. So you could just send mail in the hopes that the someone in whatever village you lived in, not to say that everyone from another country <laughs> lives in a village, but yeah. you know what I mean. If you're living in the middle of nowhere or even a large city, um, in a different country, it, you're more than likely it's not going to be get to them. It's probably like, really expensive too back then, because like overseas, damn, that's like a whole last journey. Yeah, yeah. So I don't know. That's just really <laughs> terrifying. Like the people in that specific living conditions in the tenement houses, and apparently all of these tenement houses like popped up in the U.S. It wasn't just like the large cities; they were all over the U.S. But these. Yeah. These ones in New York are just ha just happen to still be there. Yeah, well, and they're probably the most historic because they're so close to, <coughs> like, Easter Island and stuff like that. So True. I'm sure even the people who ended up somewhere else had at least a stay there. True. Yeah, so, yeah, I thought it was really interesting um, and highly recommend it. It's near, um, like, Little Italy in Chinatown. Um, what was the other one that you said? Oh, so the, the sex, sex museum. museum. Yeah, I've actually been wanting to go to this for years, and I didn't even realize it was in New York until I just kind of stumbled upon it on Google Maps. And then he went with his mom. <laughs> and then I went with my mom. <laughs> <laughs> I yeah. love it. The way you enter, you go into the shop first to buy the tickets. And everything in there is obviously, like, dildos and sex toys. I'm into it. So we were just over there. There was a dildo that was a boot. Like, a size oh, 12 no. boot. <laughs> um, it was just a lot. My mom was, like, laughing about the things, but I could tell she was mildly uncomfortable. Yeah. There, also, once you go through the museum, there's this ending part that you can pay a few dollars for. It's, like... A jump house, but with boobs. <laughs> so you're basically jumping on different boobs, which is fun, I guess. I feel like I'd break an ankle. And then my mom said, um, Ren would love this. <laughs> <laughs> Except she doesn't understand that I don't jump, and I'm also a klutz. So I would die. I mean, yeah, I think I that's did. just a rule for anything you do. True. I'll allow it. Um, yeah, but no, the museum was interesting. I thought it was going to be more just, like, porn all over the place, which it wasn't. It was how humans thought about, or Western culture thought about, um, like, sex, basically, throughout the generations. Yeah. Like, they were talking about how there's a, there are, like, six stories. Oh. No, six stories, like, in the building. <laughs> It's like, ridiculous. they tell you six stories, and then, and then it's over. <laughs> <laughs> I was so confused. Yeah, and each one is dedicated to a specific time. So I thought one of the interesting ones was, like, 
rock and roll because they were talking about how it's more so about like having sex only as like just for fun as opposed to um it was like a counterculture against what it used to be mm-hmm. which is like just to have a baby is like an essential yeah. thing not like it brought leisure. in the sexual revolution rock and roll was a big part of that yeah but that was it, like the 50s ish moving into the 60s yeah but the 60s wasn't or the before then it used to be like like i said it was like um, just to have kids, and then it turned to, like, kids and, like, love. And then rock and roll was just, like, sex only. Yeah. <laughs> I don't care about love. I don't give a shit about <laughs> Let's that. Let's have fun. Yeah. So, yeah, I don't know. It was just really interesting. And, um, you know, they have all these different types of, like, like I said, dildos and stuff. All these early sex toys, which is interesting. Type of mass <laughs> that people wore. Like, and then pop culture, of course, like, how sex was used in, like, music at the time too so highly recommend it it is a little expensive but i'd say well worth it if you have the means if it's six stories i'm willing to pay a fair amount how much was it it was like 25 to 30 okay so about the san francisco mama it was 20 yeah yeah but the MoMA's a lot bigger true but the sex one's more specialized information. That's hot. You like that? They talked about this lady in the very beginning. I forgot her name, but she's an artist. Sorry. Um, sorry for not remembering, not for her being an artist. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> she's an artist. Sorry. Um, but she changed the way that we thought about sex because she used only feminine men, mostly queer men, in her all of her art. Okay. And she talked about using, because women are, is it the muse where it's like yeah. sexual and all of that? Well, the muse isn't and sexual, like, but the muse is like that whole, what gives you the idea for the creative project and it's usually personified as a woman, so. Yeah, well, she talks about it in like women in like passive, um, like ways of movement or just like being passive in general. Mm-hmm. And she changed that to being a man. So. I'm into it. Yeah, I thought it was interesting. That's a cute idea. So yeah, that was basically my New York trip. I'll be going back sometime soon in the next couple months. Yeah, I I really, really enjoyed New York. I thought I was, I mean, I knew it was going to be cool. And and although it's hella gentrified and really expensive, I actually really enjoy the city. So. Cool. Yeah. I mean, I don't know what we're talking about. Is that all you wanted to say about New York? Yeah, that's all I wanted to say about New York. Uh, oh, let's talk about New Year's and Hattie. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so New Year's was interesting. This is the first New Year's where I haven't thrown up on the night of New Year's. Um, I think in like three years. So that was dope. Though we did go out for New Year's Eve. Our better stories are from the weekend right before that, since, you know, New Year's Eve was on, like, a Tuesday or something. So we went out with my brother, Mitchell, and we went out with um, a friend from Jordan's childhood named Hattie. Obviously fake name. Do you want to talk a little bit about Hattie and the nonsense she was up to? No, go ahead. Oh, okay. Well, you have the notes, so I can't look at them. (laughs) Um, oh yeah, so 
<laughs> basically, Hattie was doing a lot. We've never been out with Hattie while she was, like, drinking. Usually it's when she has weed. And she's a dope person, and she's really fun, but she's very high energy compared to Malik and I, who are generally just, like, we just want to chill. <laughs> We're very just low energy. Out. We can't deal with a lot. And we didn't consider how this would mix with alcohol <laughs> before we went out. And alcohol and weed. Yeah, <laughs> and later. also, she is a straight girl who, she I mean, she doesn't tend to have any issues. We've taken her to gay events before, but usually when she's had weed. And this time she'd had a lot of alcohol, done a couple of shots with my brother and Jordan. So yeah, we went out, took her out, and it was quick. I mean, it was obvious pretty quick that she was um, feeling the need to act out. <laughs> uh, she, I mean, I'm not surprised. It's been a rough year for all of us. So, like, we all were going hard, or going hard on the alcohol at least. Um, but she's really, she gets more hyper. So the first sign of trouble was actually the worst, in my opinion. Um, which is when she and I went up to the bar to get drinks and she made, she started laughing really crazy because the bartender couldn't hear her when she repeated her drink like three times and she was like, ha ha ha, he can't hear me. And then he looked her dead, he looked us both dead in the face and was like, I'm deaf and like signed it as well, obviously. And I was like, oh my god and of course hattie fucking starts laughing and i'm like <laughs> i was like oh my god and i was like i'm sorry and like made very like went out of my way to make more eye contact make sure he could see my mouth when he i was ordering all of that because i can't order in sign language i gave him a little extra tip because i was like i'm so sorry yeah and then Ooh. afterward we told the story to Mitchell and Malik and uh, she laughed again about it which was awkward and then when we went back to get drinks later he wouldn't talk to her <laughs> when she came up and like pointed at me and was like no you uh, <laughs> because he didn't want to deal with her bullshit and I was like oh my god he thinks and it so the other part of this was that she was also hanging all over me at the gay bar which meant I couldn't try to be like oh girls um <laughs> and everybody bitch. clearly thought that we were a couple and it made it <laughs> so much worse with this <laughs> bartender who clearly hated her and was like so you've aligned yourself with this and i wanted to be like i don't know her that well <laughs> even though i i mean i have again have hung out with hattie a couple times but dear god <laughs> she was crazy <laughs> um so yeah, that was, uh, she drove Malik and Mitchell crazy. I don't know if there's any stories you'd like to share on that. I have no stories to tell. Oh. Everyone was like, afterward, we were all like, so that was a lot. <laughs> but then on the way home, because we had drank so much, my brother, who is a bartender and usually drinks quite a bit, uh, got car sick in the car. Uh, which obviously was exacerbated by the alcohol, and he had to throw up. Uh, thankfully, he did not throw up in the lift. He got the lift to pull over. But the downside was that the lift pulled over inside of this giant tunnel. 
uh, <laughs> so that when my brother got out to vomit, all you could hear was the echoes of his gagging. <laughs> Meanwhile, Malik's in the back, very nauseous, <laughs> and trying <laughs> to keep it in because he's hearing the echoes <laughs> of my brother vomiting. It was rough. And we stopped, what, three times? Yeah, he had to throw up, like, three times. I'll give it to that driver. He didn't, like, as soon as we were, like, your brother was like, okay, I need to get out. He was like, okay. Well, Bye. so the first time, Mitchell pointed out that the he didn't do the it. driver didn't pull over at first. Yes. And he was like, no, no, I ha- no, now. And then he did. But then after Mitchell had thrown up the first time, as soon as he said something, the guy was like, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> swerved really fast. Um... So yeah, that happened. We got Do back to. Do you remember to... when we called the lift and <laughs> had he hit the other car? Oh yeah. So I was paying for this lift first of all. I forgot about all this. And when we're getting in the car, to be fair, this lift driver stopped a block from us and made us walk uphill a block to get to him, even though it was easy for him to drive down to us. Yeah. Uh, he could see us. <laughs> and still didn't do it. Then we we tried to get in the car, and it, Hattie fucking flings the door open into another door, and I was like, oh my god. <laughs> um, and I was like, I'm going to have to pay for that. Thankfully, forward spoilers, I didn't have to pay extra for any of this. But I thought Mitchell was going to have to make me pay extra for vomiting. And then I was going to give him a pretty bad review because I watched this guy. It was part of the reason Mitchell got so sick. Um, I watched this guy run a red light just out of note. Like, he stopped at the red light, looked right and left, and then went straight through it. And I was in the back freaking the fuck out. I'm okay with it. Ugh, it was horrible. Um, but anyway, we get home. Mitchell goes straight to bed. But now Malik is fucked up. I'm not that crazy. So he throws up in the bathtub um, after, like, an hour. So he could have made it to the toilet. No, no. Let's talk about Hattie, how Hattie didn't help me. <laughs> Hattie anything. helped you inside, and that's all she gets. <laughs> <laughs> she did help you inside because I was helping Mitchell inside. And but that was the that only reason I found out that you were struggling. Because you were fine in the car, or I thought you had been. You said that she was, like, physic- like you can tell she was annoyed and tired. Okay. Yeah, she was, and then, um... Which, fair, if she kept, throw, What was annoying was that she kept getting in my way while I was trying to help <laughs> you and get you water. <laughs> and then she's, like, just standing there, like, physically being nearby, and I'm like, that's not helpful. Go lay down, Hattie. I put on some forensic files for her, and she passed out. So... <laughs> I remember when, um, Everyone's you were like, Jordan, mom. do you need water? Do you need... And then she kept being like... Jordan's fine. Jordan, aren't you fine? And I wouldn't answer. <laughs> and so I'd I'm bring struggling. you water anyway. <laughs> so she was trying to be like, no, he doesn't need water. And that's a lot. I don't know what she was doing. She was struggling on multiple levels. But yeah, no. So then uh, Malik was struggling, was leaning over the tub, eventually threw up, and then like kind of la- just fell asleep in the bathroom. I <laughs> was still awake, and I wasn't that drunk. Like, I was, you know, had been a little tipsy before. It was fine by then, and so I was like, so I'm not gonna throw up tonight. But and then I made the fatal mistake of trying to clean up Malik's vomit. And immediately threw up. 
I made it to the toilet at least, so that was good. And you shoved it down the <laughs> the bathroom. Oh yeah, that sounds sink. crazy. No, the the bathtub. I tried to turn bathtub. the water on, but this no, that's too much detail. But I'm just gonna say we could have just pulled like literally scooped it out, but you, you decided to push it down. I'm in just there. gonna say that if you had chewed and your food properly, then we wouldn't be in that mess. Um. So yeah. That was our before New Year's. It made our actual New Year's Eve seem very tame. Um, <laughs> it was tame. We yeah, we didn't do that much. The most excitement that happened was that I accidentally knocked over someone else's champagne glass and it fell down the backs of our Back. shirts. <laughs> <laughs> and that was, like, it. <laughs> so. Yeah, I mean, yeah, our New Year's was fine. But yeah. what about resolutions and all of that? Oh, well, so let's move into our next segment, um, which is going to be a questions portion. That's going to be a little bit longer this week. You're a little longer this week. Hot. What if I was just suddenly taller for a week? That would be fancy. What would you do? Uh, I would be annoyed because none of my pants would fit. <laughs> I mean, you, you like high waters. I would just reach for things. That's rude. Um, anyway. You would just reach for things? You don't do that normally? Well, you said, what would I do with it? I would just be able to reach things. That's it. So, our next section is the questions. Um, we decided to make this kind of like the majority of this week's podcast because we've got a little catching up to do, and it's going to take a long time. So, not that long, guys. Don't Don't stop listening. <laughs> That would be sad. Okay, so what's the first question, Malik? <laughs> um, <laughs> that was rough, Ryan. <laughs> no. Can you just be... Are you okay? It was really obviously you. Are you okay? I'm doing great. Okay. I don't know what your problem is. What is something that you've learned in 2018 that you're going to bring over to 2019? Oh, so we're just starting with the big guns. I know I wrote these, so it doesn't help. Um, so I think the biggest thing in 2018 that I learned is that it's okay to end toxic friendships and that you will still survive. Um, I had two pretty big, not I wouldn't say big friend breakups. In fact, the actual breakup itself on both were pretty uneventful. Two of my somewhat close friendships ended in 2018. The first one being me who cut it off because I realized it was toxic. The second one being the other person who cut me off and didn't bother to let me know. So <laughs> that was a whole thing. Um, but I think basically I learned that I don't have to keep people in my life who aren't adding anything. Mm -hmm. And I think I also, part of that being, especially with that second friendship, that my intuition, I need to trust it. Yeah. I think that that's something that the universe has been kind of throwing at my face for the last couple months. Like, every time I forget how on point my intuition can be, it's like, hey, remember this thing that you thought about this person? So, like, for instance, this is like a whole thing, but um, a co-worker that I had last year, I didn't trust, didn't like him, he rubbed me the wrong way, um... And nobody else, everybody else is like, oh, yeah, no, he's fine. He's fine. He's a really cool person. 
And I was like, I don't know, I just don't like him. I'd heard a couple stories that made him sound like vaguely homophobic. And so I was like, I'm going to stay away from this kid. And it turns out it was a good idea because apparently he and his girlfriend were found dead in their apartment um, a few, like last week. Um, which is two blocks away from me. Just so call him a murderer. That's all you Well, I'm do. getting to that point, which is... Um, because they were found dead because he had strangled and beaten his girlfriend and then killed himself. So basically, my instincts were right, and it was another one of that time that the universe was like, hey, remember how you thought you were crazy for not liking this guy? <laughs> and I think that that's a really valuable thing of, like, with the second friendship, I had felt like things weren't okay, but I assumed it was just me. And it turned out that... People were fucking around. <laughs> so, well, not people, but a person the was person. fucking around with me. So yeah, basically the whole thing there is don't keep toxic people in your life, and trust your intuition. And those are the things that I think I learned in 2018 that I'm excited to take into 2019 too, because mm -hmm. I think it's helping me not have to go through as much shit. Hopefully. Or at least nip it at the bud when I see it happening again. Because I don't have time for this. Fair. <laughs> My life is stressful enough without y'all being little bitches. Fair. What about you? What did you learn in 2018? <sighs> what have I learned in 2018? I don't know. Ooh, that was weird. <laughs> How's puberty working out for you? <laughs> um, I will... <laughs> that laugh didn't help. <laughs> <laughs> You're a mess. Um, yeah, I'm not really sure. I'd say, so my last position, I just finished my, I just finished a position at a company. <laughs> <laughs> and so, again, if you guys don't know, I'm like, my background is marketing, content, all of that stuff. This position that I had, last position I had was in design. And I just got into design, but the thing I guess that I learned, I don't want to get too much into it, but basically, ugh, it's I can't say without being cliche, but like, you can do whatever you set your mind to. Because <laughs> I was just like, I mean, it's that imposter syndrome, like that mm -hmm. entire time I was in that position, I was like, oh God, struggles. Because I was working alongside designers who've been in that profession for 20 years. And yeah. then I'm over here, I'm like, yeah, two months. <laughs> like, <laughs> and I didn't even go to school for it. Like, but you were better at it than most of them. I wouldn't say that. but I would. It was, um, yeah, it was just like, it was just affirming that my own resourcefulness and drive brought me to a place where people... I don't want to, like, put anyone down who's done that work, but who is... I've been in the same place that people who were doing that work for 20 years, like... That's fair. Have, that so, basically, you know that you're talented. And that's dope. I guess. Yeah, but... I don't know. I just think it's a testament to drive and... What you can accomplish. Yeah. So, yeah. I'm into it. Um, I'm not gonna look for any more design roles, because I'm tired of it. <laughs> <laughs> I do love it, and I'll do it on the side, and it's just fun to learn new sorts of designs and stuff, but, yeah, it's over. I'm done. And, yeah, starting That's the new fun. year with 
a new position. So cool. Everything's good. Yeah. Nothing else really. I mean, like we did mention toxic people, whatever. I mean, yeah, because you were a part of that like, nonsense. Yeah, I just cut people off, and it's just kind of a thing. But I, I mean, I'm gonna say I cut people off, but not if they, if it's something that's clearly their fault. That you mean you communicate? <laughs> that, you use your words. That, that sounds like you're patronizing to me. Uh, no, I'm patronizing to that person. Use your words, goddamn it. Fair. Yeah, no, but yeah, I I do like to communicate. <laughs> you do. I just Good prefer job. it. Look at that. <laughs> I forgot what I was gonna say now because of this. Because <laughs> it was funny and I was throwing shade. No, I I think that I mean you give people a few chances, and when it's clear that they don't care about mm-hmm. what they if they did something wrong, you know, or you did something wrong, you just acknowledge it, you understand why. And then you move on. I think, I mean, we're all, again, we're all human cliche, and so people are going to fuck up. But if as long as you guys are friends and there's an understanding, hey, we're all going to do something at some time. Yeah. Then I think that's what matters, but it didn't necessarily happen on their end. Mm-hmm. Like, they didn't seem to care about doing the right thing, so. Yeah, yeah. so. I'm not going to keep trying to give people extra chances when they don't clearly, they clearly won't utilize them. Yeah. And don't want them. Yeah. So. That's hot. (laughs) You like that? (laughs) Okay, let me ask the next question. Ooh. Okay. What is something from 2018 that you're proud of yourself for? Copy paste what I just said. You have something else on here. Firing that dipshit. No, that's me. <laughs> what is it? He was just graduating. He graduated last oh, year. Oh, I don't care. Malik be, graduated last year. I did graduate, but the thing is, is I feel like because it's, although it's really great and all of that stuff, you know, fine, it's an accomplishment, I feel, <laughs> I feel like everyone graduates. And I so didn't graduate. And look at me still struggling for a job. <laughs> so is it really like I don't? I think it's a, it's an accomplishment you should be proud of yourself for. It's rough that it hasn't helped with work. Yeah, but that's not your fault. Well, that's none of these that. Companies me being even thinking about it in that way where it doesn't feel like an accomplishment isn't my fault. Yeah, true. It's that because it's I guess everyone has a degree now. It's a it's at a lower standard. I guess. I don't know. I don't. I know a lot of people who don't have degrees. That doesn't mean anything. Okay. <laughs> no, like just because you know a few people doesn't mean wow. No, I'm most saying people like most people I know don't have degrees. That doesn't. But mean anything. I am so I'm very impressed. <laughs> 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 Can you mind your business? So I'm saying that I'm impressed by it, and that I think it's still an, it's still an accomplishment just because it's not. It doesn't guarantee you something like it used to that has nothing to do with whether or not it's an accomplishment. I mean, fair. It's just, yeah, the job market changes how you feel about it. Yeah, because, well, because the job market's a little bitch, almost no matter what. Because I've heard plenty of people that are going for their master's and PhDs and still can't get a job, so. Fair. It's this nightmare economy we're a part of. Capitalism yeah. is trash. Yeah, and it's not just even a reminder. like... 
and not to say that all uh, all or some degrees are lesser than others, but our jo- job markets seem to prove that to us time and time again. Mm-hmm. For example, sociology probably is the one that you're going to struggle with in finding a job, even though obviously we think that it's actually a really important one that most people should take. Which is uh, why, I don't know, I tend to subscribe to, and I know a lot of people think differently, and I think you actually might think differently than me on this, but I think that that's more of a reason to just pursue what you're interested in love and what you think you can do something with versus what people say is well, I would, the big job market. I would agree with that, but in a, in a perfect world, that would work. It doesn't work in our world. Well, I don't think sucks. it works either way, so you got to decide which one you care about more. Yeah. <laughs> like, do you want to get a degree that you don't care about and then still probably not be able to find a job no i mean you could match them where it's like your degree and what you care about like that's true if you can be if you can do that and it's also something that you can get hella jobs in kudos to you yeah (laughs) because you know what i can't understand science math like half of the curriculum (laughs) so (laughs) like if i go back to school it's going to be for writing or queer studies or women's studies this is yes technically don't have that. This is going really off topic. This but is really off topic. Anyway. So that's what you're proud of yourself for. You should be proud of yourself I don't yourself even know for. what it was. Sure. Graduating. Yes. yes. Graduating. You did it. This year, I really learned to trust myself a little bit more and have necessary confrontations. There were more I probably could have had, I guess. Pick your battles, too. Well, yeah, for sure. But, uh, for instance, uh, obviously that first friendship, the one that I mentioned that I was the one who ended, was at a point where I realized I was being taken advantage of and that this wasn't a two-way street. And I basically told that person, look, maybe in the future we can try to be friends, but right now you've done too much. And I can't do this right now. This is very one-sided. Can I say what they did? (laughs) You can say the worst part. Which I know is what you want to yes. say. <laughs> Ren got peed on. <laughs> okay. Ren was that's, peed on. That's not... She didn't, like, crouch over me. <laughs> she, she peed... Okay. Ren's friend peed in the street somewhere of, F, of SF. Her being her mess-ass self, had it all over her hands, then <laughs> touched Ren's arms. Yes. That, I mean, so technically that probably wasn't, like, the worst thing, but that was a final straw for me, because I was like, Girl. on you is not I mean, the worst thing? I mean, it's really bad, but, I mean, if it was, like, if it, it get, like, if this whole messy episode of hers, which was what started this, with her being, cr- like, high and on ecstasy and all this other stuff, and then falling in her own piss and getting it on me... If it had been, like, a one-time situation or the first time I've ever had an issue with her, I would have been mad about the pee on me, obviously, but I probably wouldn't have ended the friendship. <laughs> so now I know for next time. <laughs> you know I... what you can get away with. <laughs> um, but the thing was with this friendship, this was the final straw in a series of, a, like, really terrible friendship moments, I guess. I think I've mentioned before that I had a pretty bad it was lack of nervous caring. breakdown in 2017, was, and yeah. she was the type of person that blamed me for it, didn't give a shit that I was suicidal, wanted to blame me for it. It was a lot. Yeah, so, like I said. 
I don't need that shit. She's a lot. It was a selfish effort on her part. She clearly doesn't care about people, oh. but also herself. And that's also a lot. Yeah. So she well, needs to and that's out. the thing is that, I mean, as rude as we probably sound right now, <laughs> I when I broke up this friendship, I told her, I know this isn't you. Like, that's not the type of person that you can be. And once your inner demons have gotten worked out, then maybe we can figure something out. But right now, I can't be a part of this. I've got too much going on for myself. And I've got to take care of myself first. Yeah. Agreed. Got him. <coughs> but the more fun thing I was going to point out was um, in those confrontations, I don't know if I mentioned this last time, so I'll keep it short, but uh, when I worked at Planned Parenthood last year, I got to fire someone on the last day because he was being a little bitch. And they, so I talk a lot of shit, but I'm not very um, confrontational. Like, I'll be in a confrontation, but I don't usually like to start them. And I had talked about, because this kid had just been fucking up, fucking up, and they were going to fire him, and my manager was like, Ren, you can do it, (laughs) because you seem to really want to fight him. And I was like, I mean, I do, but also, I don't like confrontation. And I ended up, I almost said no, but I was like, you know what, I need to do this. I need to stand up and deal with confrontation instead of just avoiding it all the time and this is a good like controlled way to do it yeah and also it was it wasn't like just to be confrontational because he was clearly a little bitch yeah he had uh left work or it was it was a whole thing and basically i got to fire him and i had a pretty good time being like no you fucked up obviously not in those words (laughs) um but you know got to be like you can give me your things and you can go Um, And I was really proud of myself for that because I do tend to avoid confrontation. And, you know, the year before, in 2017, you would not have caught me dead trying to fire someone like that. As much as I would have wanted to because he still would have bothered me then, I would have been too afraid to. And Mm -hmm. I think that's something I'm working on a lot is, like, figuring out what are rational fears and what aren't. (laughs) So, yeah. Also, you didn't even mention how, so you thought that a lot of the stuff that you learned when you were younger couldn't be applied to, like, now in terms of, like, you're obviously having to, like, rework your thought processes on a lot of things and what you learned when you were younger. Oh, yeah, For example, abortion. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I reworked that a couple years ago. No, I know that wasn't recent, but the, when you were working at that position, I don't know if you want to say, but when you were working at that position, you're able to kind of get in the mindset of the people who were like crazy Republicans. Oh yeah, that was really fun. Before everyone else, because everyone else was like, oh no, they're fine. You're like, no. (laughs) And that's interesting. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, so we had, I think I've met, I do think we talked about this in the last one. I don't know. Um, But I was able to catch the spies a little faster than the others because I had been raised in Texas and around a lot of crazy Republicans and I knew what to look out for because I'm very that was another thing again I really enjoyed that job because it was I got to use a lot of like the social justice stuff that I've learned and it was very applicable um I was the first one to recognize when somebody showed up with the Blue Lives Matter bumper sticker and I was like hey 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 yeah get them out 
nice too. Yeah. I liked getting to utilize that stuff. Yeah. Okay. Do you have anything else you want to add or you want to move to the next question? What was the question again? What am I proud of? Mm-hmm. No, I'm okay. <laughs> You're not proud of shit. <laughs> I'm sure I have some things, but I don't remember. Okay. So you asked the third question. Okay. What the hell are you looking forward to in 2019? <laughs> Can I look at it? Because I don't remember what I wrote down. You're in your book. Oh, okay. Yeah, so um, what I am looking forward to in 2019, um, I have got my book, my young adult novel, nearly to a point where I can start querying it again. I did a little querying on it, I think, in mid-2017, and then realized that it was not nearly in the shape that it needed to be, um, to be like a publishable book. Especially for a debut author, that's really important to have that shit together, or else an agent's not going to be that interested. What exactly does that mean, querying a book? So querying a book is basically where I write a letter to agents. Book agents are the ones who, so the way that the publishing industry works, an author writes a book queries it to an a- to agents, an agent who really likes the book will um, take it under their wing and try to sell it to a publisher. If the publisher purchases it, then they get a cut of Okay, but what's querying the a book? Uh, well, yeah, that was what I was getting into it, but I had to explain that part. Um, okay. Querying is basically how you get the agent. Um, so you usually will write like a one-page... Um, like a cover letter, almost? Yeah, basically, which okay. is obnoxious. I hate cover letters. Yeah, we just um, talked about that. Yeah, no, I'm not a big fan of querying either. Basically, you give, like, a synopsis of your book, um, what it's about, you know, some in- basic information of, like, how many words it is, what genre it is. You give, like, a little info about yourself, and then try to get them hooked on that. Usually, you have to figure out the agent's submission guidelines. Every agent is different. Mm-hmm. But usually it also tells you to include, like, one to five pages, usually the first five pages of your work. And then, again, if they like it enough, then they will offer to represent you. And then at that point, that's the best way to get into the publishing um, is to have an agent because, first of all, a lot of publishers will not look at unagented work. And um, ones that do, it's really easy to get conned that way. by not having an agent because an agent doesn't get paid by you they get a small cut of what you get so they're going to work to give you the best deal that you can get yeah so yeah basically from there it's almost in a place where i can really start querying it again because i've got it in a like readable format um Mm -hmm. i've worked through a lot of the kinks in it there are a couple of issues i think i need to go back through for one more pass with description but yeah, I should be querying it, hopefully, at least by the middle of the year. I think I should have it done by then. And then the other thing I'm looking forward to is writing more poetry in 2019. Okay. Um, I've started getting more into that. I think as a kid, I didn't read a lot of poetry because it was always like looked down upon generally because it was considered a feminine type of writing. I remember people always being like, oh, you write? What kind of little poems do you have? Yeah. And it would piss me off, and so I would never read it or write it. Mm -hmm. But I've started to realize as an adult the value of it and the fact that 
it's a lot of imagery and um, it's very raw and kind of forces you to look at things in a new light. So I'm looking forward to that. I've started writing more poetry and there's a couple of poems I have in the works that I'm like really excited about. Yeah. So yeah. I'm glad. Maybe y'all see me on some, some stuff. <laughs> That's hot. Like the internet. Because <laughs> probably not anything crazy. But yeah. What about you? What are you looking forward Why to? Why are you setting that fake-ass goal? What? You're, you're lowering the bar for yourself. Hush. You are. <laughs> I mean, fair. But I don't know. I'm new at poetry, so I don't expect to just suddenly be like popping into the major shit. I was new at design, but here we are. Are you popping into the major? You know, in all fairness, he had um, a like a CEO person at that company that he worked for that took his design home and framed it in his house. That's really sweet. And it wasn't a CEO. It was somebody important. It was. So, got him. <laughs> but that doesn't mean anything because they are engineers. It does mean <laughs> So, like... <laughs> Really. They, they don't know anything That's about funny. design. <laughs> I want to say that you're downplaying it, but I also feel like you're just downplaying that guy. No. So I'm having fun with it. I don't know. Engineers. I'm like... It's flattering, like I'll send a design. Yeah, I'll send a design and it's rough as shit. And they're like, we don't need to do any more iterations. And I'm like, this is a rough draft. Oh, <laughs> like, I no. didn't even, like, tweak any... Like, it's rough. Anyway. Yeah. So, yeah, so what are you excited for in 2019? Um, I'm excited to hear about the new uh, Democrats that will be running for president. Fair. We've um, already got three in the running now, I think. Yeah, I think that'll be interesting. I don't... I'm a little scared, but I keep, again, I keep reading these studies and the polls and all that shit, which aren't even that relevant anymore considering all of them said that Hillary would win yeah, true. every single one. So now I'm just like, okay, whatever. Don't trust anybody. Yeah, because the polls were saying, or the current ones, I think CNN did this one, mm-hmm. 30% of all of the U.S. Um, are still for Trump. The 70% are obviously against. And I don't think that ag- sounds accurate. Again, that's what they said the last time before he was elected. So... We'll see, but, I mean, this whole shutdown situation is a whole fucking mess. Girl. (laughs) The federal workers aren't getting paid. That's a lot. Yeah. 800,000? And I don't know. I just hate that he's, like, basically holding them hostage. Yeah. And trying to use them as leverage against the Democrats because he knows that they care. But we're not going to back down, it seems like. And And I'm glad about that because... Yeah, it sucks for the federal workers, but um, this is a long run, like, people are dying (laughs) versus people not getting paid, which also sucks, but you've got to... It does suck, but they can, I mean, I don't know. Trump could fix that at any moment if he wasn't holding the country hostage, so it's not the Democrats' fault. Yeah, and uh, I mean, if they basically allowed it, it there would be no checks and balances again, like Mm -hmm. there was before the Democrats were in... We're on, like, almost day 30. Anyway, not the point. Let's continue. Day 30? No, day 30 of the shutdown. Oh, yeah, But this yeah, is yeah. off topic. What were we talking about? Well, that's what I'm excited to see. Oh, the Democrats. All of that stuff. Me, personally, I started a certification for content strategy, um, working on, like, UX, UI content. Yes, you're taking classes. Um, yes, yeah, so I'm taking classes again. And I finish it. Um, 
mid-2019. So I'm just excited to see where that takes me. It, uh, content strategy is relatively new. I, I know I've talked about it in the past. But yeah, just looking to see where that goes. Dope. Yeah. I'm into it. Okay, ask the next question. Let's this is on. the final question. The last one. Okay. This next one is a doozy. Oh. Um, do you have any New Year's resolutions for 2019? I do. Um, you know that I love New Year's resolutions. Yeah. It's my New Year's is one of my favorite holidays. It's like my third favorite, right behind Pride and Halloween. Because I like the whole like new slate, giving you a time to sit down and focus on like what are your priorities in the coming year. Um, I've got a couple, but the main ones I just want to point out are writing more, I think creating a little more structure for myself so that I get more writing done. And like uh, Malik mentioned that he's taking classes. I'm also taking some writing classes at uh, one of the writing houses near here. So that's been really fun and I'm trying to get a little more training in and doing that thing that I love. So there's that. Okay. <laughs> and uh, also I want to take some self-defense classes this year, uh, partially because last year we found ourselves in a couple of altercations and I would like to not feel like I don't know how to respond. But also just in general, I don't exactly live in a safe neighborhood um, and I've had a couple of altercations over here. Not like altercations, altercations, but I've just had issues, like a lot of catcalling, a lot of people approaching me in the dark. It's a lot, um, and I would like to not be as scared when I leave the house at night, so that would be nice, and it's just a good idea. Yeah, it is a good, good like idea. I could become a superhero. A little investment in yourself. Yeah, and um, my therapist said that I need a way to work out my aggression physically <laughs> at times, so um, they suggested that I take some type of physical class like that. In fact, they suggested that I take some type of fighting class because I seem to like to fight. <laughs> and I was like, fair enough. So yeah, soon enough I'll be able to kick all your asses. I doubt it. Your first ass and your second ass. Because <laughs> it sounded like it was just you. So yeah, what about you and your New Year's resolutions or lack thereof? I hate you. <laughs> yeah, I don't really have any. I guess one thing is I want to be able to cook more. Oh, that's fair. So, I mean, that's one that I've always been thinking about since forever. So, I... You do like to cook. Well, if I know how to cook, I like yeah. to cook. Um, which isn't... I, I hate cooking even if I know what I'm doing. Okay. So. Yeah, well, I think it's just one of those things that, you know, nourish yourself. <laughs> like, you should know how to do, everyone should know how to do. True. Even if it's just the basics, mm -hmm. but, yeah, so, I mean, sort of doing that. I've been making a few things here and there. One, that almond drink that that we like yeah. is always good. Super tasty. Um, which isn't cooking necessarily, but <laughs> hey, <laughs> it's, it's a mixing start. things. Yeah. So yeah, I don't know. That's that's the main. You one. use the blender. I feel like that should count as cooking. I don't know. <laughs> it's like mixing. <laughs> but yeah. High tech mixing. <laughs> I don't know why I liked that. Wah, wah, wah. 
anything else? No. Okay. That's it. Well, that is the end of our questions portion. Our next section is just our recommendations um, of some queer shit. And also a non-queer thing, but it was good, so we're going to bring that up, too. Yeah, you go ahead. Okay, so this week um, in That's So Gay, my recommendation, I actually have two, is two different movies that I saw in the last, like, month or so, which are uh, Can You Ever Forgive Me? and The Favorite, both of which are uh, lesbian movies. Both of them were at that little indie theater <laughs> that's next to my house, which is where I saw them. Can You Ever Forgive Me stars Melissa McCarthy and is about the writer Lee Israel, who um, used to write biographies in the 90s and caught herself in a bit of a tough spot when she decided that she was going to make income by plagiarizing famous writers. And it did not go over well. It's a really interesting story. I like how, and I like seeing that side of Melissa McCarthy, first of all, because she usually is only in comedies, and I think this is the first really serious movie I've seen her in. She does an incredible job, unsurprisingly, and I thought it was really fun to see a lesbian character who didn't have to worry about, like, they don't even... I don't know, she doesn't have to worry about likability or whatever. It's not about necessarily liking her. It's about hearing her story, which I enjoy. The favorite was also really good. That Wait, one's got... is Melissa McCartney McCarthy. Queer? What? Queer? No, Melissa McCarthy's not queer. Okay. But she does play a queer character. And she did a really good job at it, actually. So, yes, that was great. The favorite, also, all of the lesbian main characters are actresses and not queer, as far as I'm aware. So this isn't... <laughs> well, I mean, it's about queer stories. So The Favorite is also based on a true story, and it stars Melissa Stone, Rachel Weiss, and another lady. I thought you said Emma Stone, was that it? Emma, is that not what I said? You said Melissa Stone. Did I say Melissa Stone? Emma Stone, my bad. And another lady whose name I can't remember. Sorry, you did a good job, though. (laughs) (laughs) It was a really... I enjoyed the movie. Um, I've heard some critiques on it, mostly from old people who didn't think there was enough action, and it wasn't supposed to be an action movie, so I don't know where they came from. Are you um, sure they meant that kind of action? (laughs) No, they literally were like, nothing happened. And I was like, yes, it did. There just wasn't any, like, fighting. I mean, there was a little bit, but... Not the point. Anyway, it was a really well done movie. I thought it was really um, what is funny. It about, though? I'm it's basically Queen Anne was a queen in. Uh... Ooh, girl, I don't even know what country that was. I assume it was England. Um, but she was a queen, and it was basically about she had a companion who is played by Rachel Weiss, who basically kind of runs the country for her and also is like her lover. Rachel White's character's cousin shows up, played by Emma Stone, and basically weasels her way into the queen's favor and tries to become the new favorite of the queen so that she can 
bring up her social standard. Both women are sleeping with the queen. It's a whole thing, and then they're That's fighting hot. each Do other. Do they know yeah. that the other one is there? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> and so because they end up fighting I know, each other. I said that's hot. Like I'm like fantasizing <laughs> now. <laughs> I don't mean it no, that way. No, we're just a mess. <laughs> but yeah, no. So it was it was really well done. I thought it was really fun. It's kind of like um a dramedy. Because there's some drama in it, but it's also played for laughs because of the way that the characters fight each other is yeah. very, like, obnoxious. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but you also get to see, at the same time, the way that that society treated lesbians in particular. And how m- the men in their lives who found out were able to use it as leverage against them. Mm. They were able to use it as leverage against each other. It's not a pretty picture of lesbianism, but it's also, I feel like they do justice to the way that um, when you're marginalized, you turn on each other. It's mm. not always just happy rainbow. That's a good idea, yeah, because oh, often the communities, I mean, there are different identities and they all don't commingle. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, and obviously for good reason, because, for example, like, gays are a lot, but, it's, uh, yeah. <laughs> so yes, that's we've talked extensively about yeah. them. But, yeah, so basically, I saw both of those movies. Actually, I think it might have actually just been within since we got back, so since the beginning of January, and I really enjoyed both of them. I thought they were fun and interesting, and I like things that are based on facts, because then I want to go home and learn more about them. Yeah. And I thought that all of the actresses involved did a really great job. They did a good job not, like, making fun of lesbianism itself, but still having a good time. Yeah. Especially in The Favorite. I feel like there was a lot of comedy without making lesbianism the joke. Right. Um, It was more like the way people were acting like children and (laughs) doing the most. So, yeah. I had a good time. I would love to watch both of them again. Okay. Maybe we will. Okay, so um, what are your recs? Yeah, so mine, the first one is Bohemian Rhapsody, and we're on a roll with, like, <laughs> talking about queer movies where the actors aren't queer. True. Rami so, Malek. Sorry, yeah, Rami, I absolutely loved him in this role. He did, a, I thought he really, he did a really good job, personality-wise. I, I feel like he studied... Freddie Mercury. Freddie Mercury, shit. I'm sure he did. I think, I just... <laughs> You can tell that he studied his exact, like, the things he said, the way, all his mannerisms and all of that, he studied that, like, to a T. Um, Didn't he win an award for it recently? I think so. But I think it was well-deserved. Like, he did a really good job in that role. And he looked like the character, and I I like that he... I think his teeth were too exaggerated. (laughs) But, I mean... I mean, it was the comic part of the the movie. Yeah, fair enough. I enjoyed it. He said, I'll be the lead singer. The guy said, not with those teeth. <laughs> so rude. That was a great line. We yeah. cackled. Yeah. Uh, but basically, just to give you guys a quick synopsis, the movie's about um, Freddie Mercury, who's the lead singer of um, Queen. And um, just his dealings with the music industry and how it's kind of kept him in a box a little bit. But also... His family life, um, his culture, and stuff like that. He was actually born in India, I believe. And um, from what the movie is showing, he's um, sort of kind of pushing that away. That's to... not accurate. I was reading a... I mean, it is in the movie, but that yeah. was one of the critiques that the movie got, was that that's not at all accurate to who Freddie Mercury was. 
So that's actually interesting that they do yeah, that. that but I also think it's, I think they probably put it in there. I don't know. I could speculate for days, but I feel like it was an interesting thing to put in there because I don't think that that's at all uncommon um, with celebrities that have to, or at least back in the day. Well, oftentimes you have to give up some of yourself to get into the mainstream, mm-hmm. which often is your culture. Like, yeah. If you're not white, it's going to be something like that because you have to be basically palatable mm-hmm. <laughs> for the mainstream. Yeah, so I thought it was interesting. It, it is. It's just really good. Again, the way they portray it. Not, I guess everything isn't completely accurate, mm-hmm. but I kind of expect that with these kind of movies. Yeah, I mean, it's not supposed to be a documentary. Yeah. Um, they kind of touch on like how people thought of like if you were to come out as bi, um, how that would be. At least for him, and that seemed kind of rough. Yeah, but that was, there was a lot of bi erasure that they address, but also they don't address it as well as it could have been. Well, because he says that he's bi, and then his girlfriend in it says, you're just gay, Freddie. Oh, yes, you're right. That's some bullshit. Yeah, fair. So, um, but I didn't, that was one of the things, that was one of my critiques in the movie, too, um, was that... They say that, and yeah, it's a really good instance of biphobia, but they never contradict her in the movie mm-hmm. or make it clear that she must be biphobic. You just know it fair. if you know what biphobia is. Yeah, fair. I also think it's, I mean, to the, to talk about that relationship, him and what's her name? Like Molly or something? Mm-hmm. Is that her name? I don't know. I don't know. But anyway, I just thought it was interesting that, you know, they had through this spat. They liked each other. They had this spat because she wasn't okay with him being bi. Yeah. And also, well, also to be he was fair, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so he was cheating. They love to confuse that with bi actual bisexuality. Yeah. And then living on the road while she's at home that puts a strain on relationships. But mm-hmm. um, I just thought it was nice. Like after that, they apparently and this is actually true. Like they actually kept a relationship, and she went on yeah. to marry this guy. You know, whatever live happily ever after, whatever, but they, like, stayed really good friends and, you know, all of this stuff, so I thought that was really sweet. I like that, too. Um, so, yeah, I don't know, really good show or movie, cool. highly recommend it, and, yeah, our last one is, um, Not at all queer. Yeah, but... like, not even, like, slightly related, but... We did see Into the Spider-Verse and just kind of wanted to mention that if you were kind of at it like not thinking you didn't want to see it in theaters you want to see in theaters it's fucking good um not only is the storyline really good and really well written but that animation is just stunning it is stunning from beginning to end admittedly we had edibles before we went but it was still (laughs) like even without edibles it's some stunning fucking artwork it looks, I mean, I, it's hard to explain, but they have elements where it feels like it's a comic. Mm-hmm. Um, they stay very true to the comics, and then they also emulate the way that comics are drawn in a lot of different ways. Yes, but also not, like, it feels like an updated version of a comic. It, yeah. Because it is very, I don't, I don't, I don't know how to explain, like, that, I was, like, studying it. <laughs> like, what? I don't know if this is going to sound rude, but I'm not trying to say it rude, but I don't know if it's necessarily an updated version of a comic because this is the way comics are now. Okay, well, I just, just specifically speaking, I'm thinking of like old time comics. Yeah. 
it felt like that, but it was an updated version where it looks... Yeah, it looks a lot like the current comics, which is dope. But they do also, they, they integrate the, I think is what, part of what you're saying too, is that they integrate some of the old feel as well. So I think that they do a really good job of like mixing all the different types of the way that comics are done now and how they have been done. Yeah, um, and I thought, I mean, <coughs> I'm just going to assume that this is the end of the Spider fucking trilogy because there have been so many. I know, I know it's not going to be, but <laughs> if it was, I thought it'd be a really great movie to leave off of because it kind of pulls all of them together in a cohesive yeah. way. It mentions all of them. It gives a nod to a lot of them. Yeah, no, they and just released the new Spider-Man movie trailer, first oh, of all, with no. Tom Holland, which, I mean, I love Tom, Tom Holland. Oh, the he's baby He's that kid who's dating Zendaya, and yes. Zendaya's okay, in it. Okay, he's really cool. It is really cute. It looks good. I'm still gonna see it, but, um... I would prefer, I would go see it, because, like, I did watch that first one he was in, and that Iron Man guy's in it, and I don't like him. And I yeah, don't, I don't like, like that storyline. I just don't like Iron Man. It's annoying. Actually, apparently, his storyline's a lot more redemptive than... Like he realizes he's an asshole in his storyline. Oh, I didn't so even realize maybe... he was an asshole. I just don't. I wanted most of it to be yeah. Spider-Man. This one's Tom gonna Holland. have a little bit of Nick Fury in it. I don't know who um, that is. Fair enough. Never mind. But uh, it should be interesting. Okay, so I think we've um, touted that movie enough. But basically, oh wait, no, you... one more oh. thing. I love that it stayed true to. Miles Morales's identity mm-hmm. because if you if you notice, um, he a lot of I mean first of all the soundtrack. <laughs> oh my god, um, the is soundtrack really is great. so good. It's so good, and again, s- specific to the character's identity, and then the posters he has in his apartment or his dorm, he has like Chance the Rapper in there, but it's number four, not number three. I think he had a biggie poster if not then they use biggie the in the fact soundtrack. that he's into like graffitiing and um yeah and then art. it was presented in a gorgeous way yeah it wasn't something negative and that's yeah great. i really like that so yeah basically if you haven't seen it go see it it's pretty good um it's a good time it's not queer it could be gayer let's let's give that for i i want let's gayness in the second movie okay <laughs> That's what I'm saying. I want Gwen to have a girlfriend. Let's do it. Okay. She's got a gay haircut. She's already halfway there. She's got to get a haircut? She's got a gay haircut. Oh, okay. Well, I'm into it. So, yeah. Go see it, guys. So, that's it. <laughs> that's our show, as you say. Um, we want to go ahead and give a special thank you to Bradley, who's the artist who created our stunning artwork. Check out more of her work on Instagram under the handle Brad Bradley Art. That's B R A D B R A D L E Y Art. Stunning. Oh. Monique Hart. I hate you. <laughs> Listen up, America. <laughs> if you enjoy what you heard, please subscribe to us on iTunes or SoundCloud. Want to hear about something specific, give feedback, or ask a question? Email us at twoqueersonapod at gmail.com. You can also follow us at twoqueersonapod on Twitter. Both the email and the Twitter are done with numbers, but on Facebook, the name is spelled out T-W-O, Queers on a Pod. We put out, or at least we try to put out, we do put out. <laughs> you put out. 
We try to put out podcasts bi-weekly on the second and fourth Tuesdays of the month. And if you have a moment, please don't forget to rate and review our, our podcast um, on whichever platform you listen to it. Uh, those ratings and reviews really help get the word out. And it also helps us know what we're doing right, what we're doing wrong, and what you want to hear more of. Cool. So, yeah, that's it. Anything else? No. That's uh, it. Okay. Yeah. Well, then, y'all have a wonderful rest of your January. Get ready for February. And um, get your Valentine's shit in line. Oh. Living it up. Or your non-Valentine's shit if you're not doing anything. I think I have class <laughs> that day. And that's you're what alive. I'll be doing. So, living it up. Living Can the I dream. send you a Valentine? Sure. In class? Oh, my God, no. <laughs> that would be horrifying. Okay. Well, okay. then I won't. But I probably will. I hate you. Okay. Okay. Bye, guys. Bye.